Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Hey, are you a leader looking to create a life worth living in your faith, family, and career? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and on this episode, we're going to be joined by speaker, author, and life coach, Mimika Cooney. And we're going to talk about the neuroscience behind getting unstuck in your mindset. That's right. So if you're looking to push past mental blocks, rewire your brain, and overcome burnout, we're going to have a chat all about that. So sit back, relax, grab a notebook and a pen, because here we go. All right, Mamika, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. And you, this is going to be a fun conversation. I oh, can just yes. tell. Oh, yes. Uh, and, you know, shout out to Eric Nevins for making the connection here and uh, Amber Cullum uh, from Grace Enough Podcast. Also, uh, helping us finalize the scheduling and and thank you Mamika because last week my modem crashed and it was a, a technology issue I'd never come across before and all I needed to do was get on my phone and beg people to let me reschedule to next week and so here we are <laughs> well fun times oh well, here we go technology are not live or pre-record that's just gonna roll with it right Right. <laughs> now, the cool thing about you, and I, I think the reason why Eric said you definitely need to be on this show is, you know, for all of you listening, if you don't know, you're listening to a show called Beyond the Rut, which is about creating a life worth living in your faith, family, and career. Well, it turns out Mameka is a speaker and an author who is all about unsticking your mind. In fact, your book is called Unstick Your Mind. And, uh, and I was like, wow. And I'm looking through your bio and I'm like, this is essentially me as a female with a slight, <laughs> slight accent. Maybe I'm the guy with the accent. Who knows? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but the cool thing about your message is that you blend together uh, when it comes to mindset and sticking our mindsets, getting ourselves out of that rut that we might be in. Uh, you blend neuroscience with Christian wisdom. And tell us a little bit about... The, the neuroscience part of getting unstuck. Definitely. Well, neuroscience is one of these areas that is fast becoming uh, something people are finally paying attention to. And for someone like me, who's the total neuroscience geek, I love studying the brain. Um, I come from a business background. So I've run three different businesses in three countries. My husband and I are both entrepreneurs. So there's always a lot of tech talk around the dinner table. But um, for me, you know, I, I kind of fell into this by accident because as a recovering perfectionist and control freak, I pushed myself until I fell apart, mm. until I'd realized that something is broken. I had been trying and trying and doing all the things and following all the, the to-dos and the lists and all the things that the world says you need to do to be successful and just do this one hack and magically you'll just be a overnight success. Not. That's not even true. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of just kept going and and. Being, I'm originally from South Africa, so we brought, we are raised a little tough. Like, just stop complaining, pull yourself up together, because there's somebody else worse off than you. So it's all very about a, um, a merit based society where you just have to prove your worth, right? So I kind of bought into that. Got to do, got to do. Keep moving. Never take a break. Always look like you can just do the four hour work week on four hundred hours, and you know, kind of living the lie until I physically hit the wall. And for me, I didn't realize what the problem was. Until the vehicle had totally conked out, I blew a head gasket out of out of gas completely, 
I physically, mentally, emotionally had to, uh, had this situation where I had lost a family member to cancer. I had a child with a mental health crisis, and I had a business uh, launch that tanked. So I trifecta talk about finally uh, ripping the bandaid off, and I'd realized I had to stop doing all the things and take a moment to really slow down in order for me to speed up later. Because this concept I love to talk about is, um, you know, we, we we think by applying more hustle, more grind, more pressure, more speed, we're going to get to where we want to be. But sometimes it's counterintuitive. The harder we push, the worse we are. And, you know, when you are, you hit a breakdown and you realize you can't, like if your car is out of gas, you ain't going anywhere. You need to call the AAA and get someone to kind of haul you out of there. And it's not a great place to be mentally ourselves, right? Because, you know, we're I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I've been married for 27 years, I've got three kids, and, you know, you've got all the things, you've got the to-do list, an entrepreneur, you know, there's always something to do. And if we're not working at our optimal, something that's going to give, and usually the signs are burnout, um, frustration, you know, uh, business problems, uh, all the things, you know, insert them in, in X marks the spot. But at the end of the day, we often don't ask why. And for me, I was forced to take time out to realize why am I like this and why do I keep repeating the same thing over and over like Groundhog's Day right I try a new hack or I try a new strategy or I buy another new course or I do another consultant or I bring in another idea but I keep getting the same result well ladies and gentlemen the question is why are we doing this is because we keep following same patterns of the way that our brain um, is built because God in his graciousness made us a certain way to be human beings not human doings, didn't make us machines, right? But we seem to forget, especially with modern society, that we think if we just add more speed and more gas and more, more razzle-dazzle or bedazzle ourselves, we were just going to be sparkling in the sun and we don't have to be humans. But that's not how life works. So really, what I, um, because I went through this myself, you know, I was on the trajectory, following all, all the things, ticking all the boxes, and I realized that what I was doing wasn't working. And after pushing myself beyond myself, I'd realized that if I wanted to survive this, I had to do something different. Because the last time I checked, Einstein said doing the same thing over and over is called insanity. Right. <laughs> so clearly I was like, we have to look under the hood. So I love to use this analogy of life's a journey, enjoy the ride. No, so cliche. But a lot of us are not enjoying the ride. We're just screaming down the highway at 100 miles an hour, hoping that we're going to get somewhere. And we don't even know where there is. And we keep comparing about the speeds that everyone else is doing. And we refuse to follow the, the speed limit signs or take a rest or fill up with gas. And I know for us, uh, a type of go-getters, resting is hard, taking time out. But like any uh, Formula One, like my husband and I, in, we're into watching that uh, Netflix drama with the Formula One series. And, you know, even on the Formula One cars, at the high spec power need to take a time to retire and put new tires on and regas and all the things. So I love to look at it this way that, you know, hopefully my story will help encourage your listeners not to push yourself to that point of implosion, destruction, where your relationships, your business, your finances, your life is falling apart. That's not advisable because, yes, it's fixable, but it's if you can see the signs and avert danger, then all the better, right? But here's the thing is a lot of us don't want to take that time out to actually reassess and ask ourselves the deep questions like, why do I do what I do? Why am I motivated to do this? Why do I keep repeating the same thing? And here's the thing is, what I looked at um, the neuroscience, I realized, you know, our brains have been designed for a reason. It's Our brains are wired and there's neural pathways and it's all sorts of amazing things happen up here. 
and we really regenerate on a daily basis. But it's kind of like a computer. If you have the wrong program running in the background, you're going to keep repeating the same pattern. So your habits, you know, your, your, your choices become your habits and your habits become your lifestyle. So if you don't like the lifestyle you're living, you have to reverse engineer the process and look at the habits that you've created. And then when those habits were created and for the reasons why they were created. So a lot of us, we don't even question this because a lot of our programming comes from childhood, comes up from how we were raised, the school system we've been in, behaviors that have been modeled. And our brain is like, okay, data in, this is how you behave or react to this. Okay, process data, store it. But next time I have this, the algorithm goes back and goes, pull that data in, behave like this. And we wonder why we are fighting inevitable, right? right? Yeah. So part of the process, I was like, there has to be a better way. Like I'm a strategist in my business. I'm always looking for a path and a way and looking at that, where is this going to lead us? And I really dove um, into neuroscience and studying how the brain works, like the amygdala and the hippocampus and all the things and the electrical currents and all all those things to figure out, like, what is this programming doing? And over the last sort of five or six years, I've developed my own coaching model based on the system of using the neuroscience to our benefit. In other words, you can reprogram your brain. This is the good news. You're not stuck with the brain or the life you have. You can choose to change the way that you think, change the way that you act, and change the decisions you make. And that sense of agency, I think, is the biggest revelation that we could have today, that you're not stuck with the status quo, that you do have a choice. Because the last time I checked, we do live in a free society, and we still have freedom of choice. And even God will not interfere with your free will. So hallelujah to that, right? And I, I think a lot of us don't wield our will for the right reasons. And sometimes it means because it's motivated by things that aren't necessarily great for us. So what do I mean by that? So let's take an example. You know, how performing, say you're running a business, you want to be able to do the things for your family. And of course, I know men especially are driven to take care of their family and to provide. But sometimes that can come at a cost if we are driven by the wrong motives. Now, everyone in the world is subject to dealing with pride and ego. And it's not a pretty thing. You know, men and women doesn't matter about your age or society. We all are driven by that intrinsic motivation to do better, right? And God designed us that way for a reason. So we pursue and do better. But sometimes we get so hung up on the this broken record that's, you know, got to do like whether you were raised in a family where work ethic was super strong. Like if you don't work hard, you don't have any worth. That gets wired in us as kids and then it shows up as performance later and, you know, worker, workaholism. Um, whatever it is, but really the, the good news is that with the, with the tools of, of rewiring and um, understanding the neuroscience, and because the neuroscience is still developing and people are, you know, the, the medical science hasn't really understood the full capacity of our brain's potential. But at the same time, we have realized that we do have c- control over that. So what I love about the neuroscience is, and how I love to marry that between um, the performance mindset, like an athlete mindset, as well as taking control of the choices we make and then having a faith element because I really believe like a lot of the stuff out there in the world has really taught us a lot about self. Like I have a problem with self-help because of the word self because there's limits to self. There's only so many books and courses and coaching and programs you can do until you reach the end of yourself. And if yourself is limited in terms of hard drive space, memory, like we're thinking of our brain as a computer, right? We know if you want to perform better, sometimes you have to 
reboot, re, re, reinstall, and upgrade. So part of what I love to teach people is that process of upgrading their brain, upgrading their mindset, upgrading their life choices. And part of that, and as adults, we are notoriously bad at overthinking everything. <laughs> and we tend to always question and almost have this resistance to change. And But that's a good thing because we, our brain is, is wired to avoid discomfort. Now, I was raised in South Africa um, in, a, in a modern society, but still people today will still think, oh, did you, were you raised in, in the wild with lions? And I'd say no. <laughs> but there are still people who do live in huts who are being chased by lions. Now, most of us, though, I'd say 99.9% of us in the world are not dealing with that. But our brains think we are. We, our brains are still built for that survival mechanism like, oh, my gosh, danger, freaking out. And so, oh, move, let's run, you know, adrenaline, let's go. And none of us have taught our brains to calm down. Like, it's okay. It's safe. The danger is averted. This moment of a momentary feeling of anxiety is not going to kill you. It's just your warning light on your dashboard that's saying, alert, alert, something is up. We need to deal with the problem under the hood. But a lot of us don't want to look at the lights. We, don't want, we just want to ignore them all. We want to just medicate them or get distracted with whatever addictions and TVs and Netflix and who else knows what. And we never deal with the root cause because we always feel like the pain of dealing and digging out the junk in our trunk is worse than just, just go through it. So part of what I love to teach and I'm passionate about is really helping people switch the light on in their minds and realize they are in control of their thoughts. There is a process of you being able to rewire your thinking. You're not stuck where you're at. You are a work in progress, but as long as you're willing and able. And the first step to that is awareness, because many of us are not aware of the blind spots we have, which is why they, we're blind to them. And and that's why I feel it's so important, especially in today's society, to connect with others and who can hold a mirror up and say, hey, you know that thing, that sort of ego-based decision you just made and you like, you know, slicing and dicing on the boardroom? That's probably not going to last very long. And having somebody who can come alongside you or and, and just work through the process, I think, is really the key. And I'm just excited about where neuro neuroscience is taking us because we've just, you know, it's the tip of the iceberg of the abilities we have when we, we really dial into the power of the brain. Yeah. And that, that having that awareness, I know for me, a lot of the things I've been able to achieve and grow within myself uh, has been because somebody like my wife will point out to me, hey, why do you do that? Why do you get so upset when the kids do this, this, and this? This is years ago. And it's probably the first time anybody's ever asked me, why is that a rationale that I have? And you know, having that go on and on and on over the course of 21 years, you start to become a better dad over time. And it's like, oh, wow, you're such a good dad. I'm like, well, you know, you should have been here 20 years ago. <laughs> it was a different story. Um, but also more recently for me, and, and folks who've been following my journey know that I recently had left my job. And the reason why I chose to leave was because my wife had pointed out to me that, uh, well, essentially she said, I want my husband back. Go ahead and quit that job. And it was just a big aha for me. What, what do you mean, you know, is the job impacting my family? And she said, well, I don't think it is. However, our kids do. And this is what they shared with us when they last visited. And, uh, you know, they basically had asked my wife are you and dad okay? And to hear that coming from Olivia to share with me that this is kind of what they're seeing when they come to visit, I, I realized, wow, whatever stress I'm going through at work probably is not worth it if it's making folks think that 
the family is in jeopardy. And, you know, I, I think society kind of teaches us or the mindset would be, or the common mindset would be, I've got to provide for my wife. I've got to provide for my family. I've got to provide for retirement. I've got, I can't quit this job. I'm on a career path here. And if I quit now, it's career suicide. And over time, though, I've trained myself to say, nothing is worth more than my family other than God. And, um, and I'm pretty sure God's going to support my family. And, and so to come to that moment and, and make a life decision that goes against the grain of what we're typically taught. And so I, I could see, and I've met many people who would feel that they're stuck at that job that is taking a toll on them emotionally and relationally. Um, and, and so I'm wondering if, uh, what we're talking about here can help them as well, you know, have that neuroplasticity to, to reshape their mindset around something like whether or not to leave a job. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into Capshow and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Definitely. Well, part of what I love about uh, understanding neuroscience and how our brains work is really tapping into what makes you, you. And I think so many of us have, are victims of this and it's not it's not your fault it's the way we are being raised in this society because if we have to reverse engineer we look back at when this all started you know back at the industrial revolution well before the industrial revolution most people lived on farms so it was self-sustaining the way kids went to school was the local church you'd have one teacher and everyone would come and do their lessons learn to read and write and then they would go and work on the farm and help the things then the industrial re- revolution came along and those factory owners needed workers so the only way that they could figure out to manage this was to start training children to be compliant factory workers. So the system was built. Now, good or bad, or however you feel about it, it's just the way that it was. And because of us, those of us about that are alive don't know what life was like living on the prairie back then because this is what we used to. But we've never really questioned society. And I, I'm, I say this as an outsider because I was born and raised and went to school in South Africa, which was a different uh, school system. One observation I've made about the American society is the school system is built for the generalist and the masses. There is really, even though we we tout individuality, we're actually squashed into a generalized box for everyone to do math, everyone to do science, and everyone is following the same path. Now, that's good for management, good for those that at the powers that be, not great for individuality and actually having people work at their optimum. I mean, I know I'm a parent of three kids, uh, two of them are young adults who now have finished the school system. Thank goodness. I have one more that we're holding on to. And I don't have the, the means, the capability to be able to change the system, but I have to figure out how do we best cope in the system that doesn't necessarily work for personalities or the way our brains are wired. Because if you think about it, when we start at school, we all start at preschool with like, giving us a crayon and, you know, color the sin and play with the blocks and interact with your friends. There was a lot of this experiential learning but then you get into formal education and all of a sudden there's rules and you've got to sit still and you've got to follow the teacher and you dare speak out 
compliance, compliance, compliance. Then we get to middle school, high school, you know, grades, grades, grades. Got to perform, perform because they out there, we don't really know who they is, but they out there have decided that this is the standard. And then we got to get into college. They'll get the SATs and the PCATs and that's all the T's and all the, the crossing the T's and dotting the I's. And all of a sudden we're into college and we think we're done. No, 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 no. We're still there. We got to keep going. And we just keep going and following the system. And then it's like, why are we doing this again? Like, you know, most people um, aren't really built for college because college is another factory of compliant factory workers. Yes, it's great if you're going to be um, a lawyer, a, a, a you know, mathematician or something that requires re- repeated tasks. But most of us are living in an entrepreneurial world where there's businesses popping up here and there and that we've squashed creativity. And what's that, what's happened is people are in positions, are in jobs, are doing things because they need to tick the boxes because we've, they've been told that this is how life goes. Now, I'm not advocating for a, a, another French revolution. I'm just saying have a really revolution in your mind about how am I designed? What's God's design for me? Like what, what passions? And I know this sounds so cliche. What did you like to do when you were five? Five-year-olds don't really care about the world. They don't care about impressing anybody, but they are intrinsically connected to who they are. Now, of course, we're hearing a whole lot of nonsense out there that's trying to dissuade kids from being discovering who they really are, which is really, to me, is an insult on identity because I, as a believer myself, I believe you know we are built in God's, God's image. And of course, the negative things in the world want to crush that. So again, it's about compliance and getting us to squash into a preferred way of thinking but we've never really allowed ourselves to lift the lid on our potential because either A, we're too scared or B, we've ne- we haven't been shown how. So for me, I, I was raised by entrepreneurs, my husband and I entrepreneurs. I'll say, we don't make good employees. I'm sorry. I'm too <laughs> lippy, too chatty and too bossy to fit into any, any, any box. And I'm always pushing the envelope and I'm always asking why. And I'm always willing to push into the pain of the uncomfortableness because I'm like, I'm just a pioneer at heart. And I'm like, I'm willing to go to places other people are not. But I've realized that if I'm willing to do that, other people, I've created a path for them. And just like, you know, the, the story of Roger Bannister uh, breaking the three-minute mile, when it's not done, everyone thinks, oh, it can't be done. But then when when it has been done, possibility is endless. Because within a few months of Roger Bannister bil- uh, breaking the, the um, record, it was, it was broken multiple times after that. So if you just think about it, so one of us needs to stand up and give everyone else permission to say, I'm going to be me. I'm going to figure out who I was built to be. And I'm going to, I'm going to turn into that. Because just imagine this for a moment. If everybody in the world was doing what they were designed to be, walking in their intrinsic gifts and talents and abilities without the hustle and the grind, they were doing things because their motivation was pure. In other words, I'm doing this because I want to contribute to the world in the way God designed me to be, not because Joe Bloggs is making a million bucks. Um, if we kind of reshifted the way we looked at things and said the choices for where I live, the job that I have, or the the business that I start, we have to ask ourselves, are we doing this to please other people? Maybe mom or dad, who's still playing in our head, or to impress the people on Facebook? Or is it, do I have a need to please? And what is that? And sometimes when we look back, and part of my process I like to take people through is digging through the junk in the trunk because that's clearly slowing you down. And it can be painful because you might uh, uh, you might discover that maybe when you were six or seven years old, somebody teased you and you felt you, you never wanted to felt, feel like that again. So you decided to 
to change the way that you acted or behaved and started to pursue things in pursuit of accolades or whatever. And in my case, that was my case, you know, being bullied, didn't like the feeling of feeling stupid. So I spent my rest of my uh, school and adult career trying to prove that I was smart until I'd realized, who am I trying to prove this to? And I'd realized they, it actually came down to a, a spirit of rejection because I felt rejected as a child. It's now blinded me and put this lens of performance over my, my eyes that everything, every choice I made, every just, you know, everything that I did was blurred by that lens of rejection of always proving myself, doing the thing, working hard, being a hard worker, doing it with, you know, perfectionism and all the thing. And it's only when I physically, mentally, and emotionally fell apart and all the pieces were on the floor, like, oh my gosh, what have we done here? <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is actually my opportunity to remake myself, but not to try and figure out, like, like it's trying to build a puzzle with pieces that don't match. If you're trying to mix a puzzle of somebody else's, you know, piece of the puzzle, it's never going to work. So really the whole goal is, you know, getting in tune with who we are. And it's not this woo-woo ethereal thing about sitting in a corner and, you know, finding your inner, inner peace. It's, it's really going back to who you were designed. What was your factory settings? What really sparks joy? Not happiness. This, and I think this is another thing. Like I read about this with my adults. I said, stop trying to find happiness because happiness is reliant on happenings. And when you relied on other people and their, their behavior and their choices, you are giving your your agency away. You're giving away your free will and you're making it sound like it's everybody else. It's up to everybody else for you to be successful. And I'm sorry, that's called uh, being a victim. And nobody wants to be around a victim because that's nasty. And nobody wants to be throwing a pity party because you're only a party of one. Yeah. It's not a party. So I always say, you know, <laughs> you've got to come back to the identity of who you are. And if you don't know who you are, maybe this is a good example of really going back and doing some 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 hard in a in a work you know some people find themselves on the golf course some people find themselves painting or doing whatever and I'm not saying go on a a kibbutz somewhere and decide just to disengage from life you can find where you're at in the everyday moments and it comes back to that concept of joy because joy is a choice you get to choose to be happy in the moment you get to choose no matter what your circumstances and even the Bible talks about this you know count it all joy for what you go through, because that's developing character and character strength um, and endurance. But at the same time, you can be happy in all things, because again, it's not necessarily happy, but it's about finding the joy. And yeah, I'm going to be, you know, building a brick wall, and that's this is hard sweat and tears, you know, hard work. But I'm building muscle. I'm building strength. I'm building tools. I'm building abilities. Like this might, I mean, I'm a, a child of the 80s and the, the Karate Kid wax on, wax off. Remember that? We all talk about, why are we doing this again? This I, seems so lame. I did so a three-part series but, on uh, Cobra Kai, the, the return exactly. of the Karate and Kid. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my kids are like, what is wrong with you? That's so cheesy. I'm like, listen, you just don't understand. This is like my childhood, okay? But you don't realize what that waxing and waxing off is going to be useful and when. But if we're willing to do the work, do the things that are hard, willing to take the masks off, masks off because I really feel society wants us to paint this beautiful picture and, you know, the picket fence and everyone's like, because oh, you look at the Instagram, they're with the highlight reel and no one wants to be honest and say, listen, I'm struggling with this. And like for me, my biggest breakthrough is when I let go of the shame because, you know, my story is as well as going through this mental health crisis myself and, and having the shame of not being able to reach out for help and say, I actually don't have it all together because what would the neighbors think? Shocker, right? 
But it's amazing when as soon as I started getting vulnerable and sharing with people like, I can't do this. This is hard and I don't know what else to do. People come alongside you. So I think really the whole lesson is that you, you're not stuck with where you're at. You can change. But it starts with the choice if you're willing and able to do the work and know that the work will be hard. It's not going to be easy. There is no easy button in change. But if you're willing to do the work and, and you know run the course, the reward is going to be so much more valuable. And you will put an end to this angst and suffering because to me, I feel that the worst place to be is to be stuck somewhere you don't want to be or where you don't belong. I'd rather just suck it up, do the work and get out of there and be where you right. be on the road to success <laughs> where you want to actually be. Yeah, I love that. You know, you started this off with the idea and and really the important step of uh, having that awareness of what's going on and where did that come from? Why is that a part of who we are today? And it could be something that happened thirty years ago, forty years ago, uh, whatever it is. And and then from there, realizing that joy is really an inside job, and and there's a lot of work with positive psychology. And Sean Acor talks about this in the Happiness Advantage that. Really, to be happy, you've got to, you know, like you said, choose happiness, and you make yourself happy first, and and because of that happiness, success comes your way because you now appreciate what you have, you know who you are, you know what you want, you know what, you know what's going to, you know, pour energy into you, what's not. Whereas a lot of us do go out there and say, if I have this job, if I have this promotion, if I earn this income, then I will be happy. And the reality is if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy then. It's when you're happy now that you're going to be happy. It's when you when you find joy in what you have. Um, and so from there, what are some practical things that we could do to start shifting that mindset over from, you know, the world is happening to me towards I'm happening to the world. My happiness is happening because I choose it to be. Exactly. Good question. Well, how we take back agency is making that decision today that I want to change and I want to have a different life than I'm currently living. As soon as you can take 100% responsibility for 100% of your results, in other words, we don't blame the weather or the politics or society or the job or the wife or the kids, we stop blaming everything else and we point the finger back at ourselves and we're willing to look at ourselves in the mirror honestly and say, what work do I need to be doing? Like part of my story is, you know, having gone through this process where I was dealing with all the things. Um, I thought I was fixing external things. Like I need to just fix this and then it'll be all good. Until God in his graciousness said, it starts with you. Like your kids are a mess because you're a mess. If you're an anxious parent, you're going to create anxious kids. If you're having a contentious relationship with your husband or spouse, spouse, um, you it's because you're part of the problem. And and I think that we have to take that, that, uh, that agency and ownership for our own decisions, our own beliefs. Now, yes, it's What's happened to you isn't necessarily your fault, especially if it's come from the way you were raised and, you know, because um, biases and beliefs get passed down generationally and a lot of them we don't even get, a, get to choose. We just, they just are, but we get to challenge. We might not ha- get to choose how they started, but we definitely get to challenge how we react and respond to them and how the story ends, right? So if you don't like, for example, in the family, there's been alcoholism. You get to be the person to put a stop to that because you're making that decision today. I'm not going to follow that pattern. I do not want my children and my grandchildren to follow after this. And there is a spiritual significance of taking ownership of your of your life and your family and drawing the line and saying and saying enough. But it, you know, the hardest part about this whole thing 
is coming to a point of humility is this one word that people do not like, but it is the key that unlocks everything. And this word is surrender. <gasps> when you sur- <laughs> yeah. When you surrender to the process, when you surrender to God and say, I'm going to stop being trying to be all the things, because this is why I have a problem with the word self-help, because it's self and there is limits to self. And there's only so much help we can give ourselves. But it's when we are able to uh, humble ourselves and say, you know what? Raise my flag. I need help. I can't do this alone. And for me, you know, the spiritual significance is partnering with God and saying, okay, God, can you tell me, how did you make me again? Let's get rid of all the junk that we just laid on here. And it's amazing then when you can shift into your true identity, you start to work in ease. So it's none of this hustle and grind, you know, and we talk about the grace and how being graceful means you just float, you know, things just happen and it's floating and it's like, feels like ethereal, but there is a sense to when you're doing what your strengths are and like if you're in a job that you hate, but you're doing something and it feels like a grind and it's hard, it's like you're pushing a rock up a hill because yes, you've learned the skills, but is it who you've designed to be? Where, you know, for me, I, I was always trying to work in the details and do the things and I realized you just give me a microphone and I'll be entertaining and talking and, talk, you know, I could talk all day without a script and I'm like easy with some friends of mine, like my best friend I grew up with, she would be mortified complete introvert (laughs) hey i do not want to be on stage that to her would be absolute horrifying but my life and my skills and my talents are not yours they're yours or yours because they're uniquely yours and you've been able to refine who you are through your experiences but we get to choose today what we toss out what do we keep because every experience is either teaching us a lesson or we can allow it to hold us back. So it's like, I always like to liken it to the metaphor of walking along the beach. Sometimes, you know, you can pick up pebbles. Sometimes you can have a look in this lesson. Well, is this useful? Okay, let's put it in the back. If not, throw it out. Sometimes other people throw rocks at you and, you know, hurtful words and say negative things. And maybe the storm comes in and you feel abandoned and there's no shelter, but you just keep on walking. But again, if you keep piling in the wrong rocks and just allowing the, the negative rocks to just, hold you down eventually you're going to come to a standstill and not be very effective but most people don't want to do the work of emptying out the junk and letting go of the things that no longer serve them so that's why i feel it's my life's mission just to introduce this concept and that it is possible through the process of neuroplasticity which is your brain's ability to change and i think that's just the best news ever Right, it's, you're you're not etched in stone. You're you're being molded in clay, and it hasn't dried out yet. And that's how I like to look at life. Uh, now, I know folks can find your book "Unstick Your Mind." It's on Amazon. Uh, I'm probably I'm guessing it's all the places where books are sold. Yes, and, yeah. yes. So yeah, "Unstick Your Mind" uh, in this subtitle is "Shift Your Mindset, Develop Grit, and Break Barriers." And through this process, I did a lot of research, reading a lot of dry, you know, uh, articles. I'm like, okay, what are we trying to learn here? But that's <laughs> one thing you. I like to do well is take the complicated and make it applicable because I'm very, uh, I'm very practical. Like, how do we do this? Yeah, it's all great saying, you know, go and meditate or go and think about this. But why is that important? So I take these concepts of really challenging you to think outside the box and to maybe look at things in a different way. But also give you tools along the process. So, and also in the back end of that, I have a course as well that takes people through this process. And um, unapologetically Christian in the way that it's presented, because I feel like you cannot be, you cannot take God and faith out of who we are, because we are, um, you know, body, soul, and spirit. 
And the soul is our mind and our will and emotions, which needs the work. And we can work on a, on a diet program or an exercise program, but what we don't do is work on the mind. We don't put ourselves on a negative thought uh, fast diet. Like, what are we putting in our minds? What are we hearing? So part of my approach is I'm a trainer at heart and I'm going to teach you the things. And yes, it's going to, it's going to hurt. It's going to be some tears, guaranteed, but it's going to be worth it. The blood, sweat, tears will be worth it because who you're going to turn out to be is going to be the fiercest version of yourself if you're willing to surrender to the process and allow yourself just to work through the hard things because I can guarantee you the results are going to be you know, definitely worth what you're looking for. Nice. And now if somebody's listening right now and they're thinking, man, I need Mamika to come into my organization and apply just enough of that sand and that grit to help us fine-tune and refine ourselves, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, well, the best place to find me online is mamikakuni.com, and I'll spell that for your audio listeners. It's M-I-M-I-K-A-C-O-O-N-E-Y.com, and I have a bunch of great resources there. All the lists, um, I've just written book, the, the Unstick book is book number 10, so it's taken me a hot minute to figure out this whole process. But um, yeah, I, I love to be able to teach workshops and inspire people and speak and really just open people's eyes to this process. So if you want to connect with me, I'm also online. I have my own YouTube channel and regularly put out some, you know, mindset tools and tips. Um, and I love to hang it on on Instagram if you want to get some more inspiration. But definitely my home base, mamikakuni.com would be the best place to connect. Nice. And before we go, any final words of wisdom? Well, my encouragement to your listeners today is that you're not broke. You are... A, are fixable kind of think of yourself going through a renovation we love the idea of what it's going to look like but we don't like the messy middle but let me guarantee you you can do the work and be ready to roll up your sleeves and being humble and honest with yourself um the rewards are really great and the good news is that the neuroscience is on your side because your brain is designed to be able to change and grow and it's a fun adventure once you start learning you got all these little light bulb moments that go off and you're like oh wow and this and this this is so amazing <laughs> awesome Mameka it was great to have you on here and I'm so grateful that Eric and Amber uh, connected us to have you on Beyond the Rut thank you for having me wow hey I hope you got a lot out of that conversation like I did took lots of notes and you've got an action plan on how to apply at least one lesson learned from this interview into your life because ultimately I don't want you just to be like, Oh wow, that was cool. I want you to make some serious life change for yourself, whether it's just a little pivot or a big pivot, you know, serious life change doesn't have to be this big mind sweeping type of thing. It could be just one little pivot that just makes a big difference as you build momentum over time. So what was that one thing? Um, whatever it is, send me an email info at beyond the and tell me what was that one thing you got out of this conversation that you're going to apply. And that's not all check out the show notes at beyond the rut.com slash three nine two. And you'll get more resources related to this conversation. Now I'm glad you joined me for this conversation. And I look forward to joining you on the next one, but until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Capshow is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Capshowian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. 
Go to beyondtherut.com slash cap show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.